This is Hal Hester, lead pastor of Vine Life, and this is our podcast, The Empowered Word. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on what God is doing in your life. Please enjoy the message. Well, good morning. The Sunday after Easter, these are the people who really love Jesus right here. <laughs> Uh, well, strike that from the recording, please. Don't, don't, that's, that's the flesh. I have, I have not crucified all of my flesh yet, unfortunately, and that was a unnecessary comment. Hal is traveling, um, and we'll be back next week, so if you are new, I am not Pastor Hal. Um, my name is Jason, for those of you that, uh, might not have any idea who I am, and, uh, he has asked me to share today, it is an open, an open Sunday, so the, uh, what I'm going to share today, the Lord has uh, laid on my heart months and months ago, even before Hal asked me, and um, I'll get to all that here in a second, but he, I, I believe he is starting a, a new series next week, so please make sure you come and, and be on for that first Sunday of a new series. Uh, whew, big weekend, I don't know about you, it's Blueberry Festival. Hopefully you didn't try to come like from the north and east down into here um, because they said no and you couldn't part the Red Sea or anything to get here. You had to go all the way around. Um, so working on that, I had prom last night. Thank you all for being there to help me chaperone prom. That was awesome. And uh, so no, anyway, I got home at 11 o'clock last night and uh, couldn't fall asleep. So I'm laying in bed going, okay, Lord, please, please let me fall asleep. But I'm still like you know, dancing from the prom, and I, I just can't shut, you know, and um, so good times, good times. We've got Blueberry Festival again today. My wife's already there. She was there early yesterday, early, late last night, and oh, and you could be praying for her. She lost the keys to her car yesterday at the Blueberry Festival, so it's still parked on the street in Brooksville, which is a great thing, because that was one of her big concerns, is that she would show up this morning, and the car would be gone, because, you know, you just use the little fob and wait till something beeps, and then you, you can fire the car up and leave. And um, that wouldn't have been good. So um, I'm rambling and losing time already. It's clicking off the clock back there, so I probably should get started. Let me give you a disclaimer, though, before I get started this morning. Um, the Lord laid this idea and this thought on my heart a few months ago. Um, uh, and, and even at that time as I was kind of processing through it and, and allowing him to, to walk me through some things, and <clears throat> um, I was struggling with, you know, what exactly am I looking at? What exactly, Lord, are you trying to say? And so then when Hal um, got in touch with me and said, listen, would you fill this open Sunday for me? I was like, sure, yeah. That, and then I looked at my calendar and was like, whew, wow, that was a big weekend to do that, but that's all right. And um, he said, it's open, so go ahead, you can do, you know, whatever, and so I was like, okay, that's great, and the Lord just kind of immediately said to me, and again, please understand, when the Lord says something to me, I don't hear a voice or anything like that, I know some of you, like, you can hear from God in that way, and that's awesome, I can't, I just kind of feel it, so then I got to make sure it's not me, if you understand what I'm saying, that it's really the Lord, and he said, I want you to share this, that I want you to talk through this, I want you to and so I'll tell you, honestly, I have been writing on this um, for a number of weeks and just kind of struggling to take what's in here and what's in here and articulate it and then make it sensible, 
hopefully to you. Um, so if you get to the end of the message today and you're like, I have no idea what that guy was talking about, I'm sorry. If all you hear is the Charlie Brown teacher, wah, 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 I'm sorry. Um, hopefully, though, at least maybe one or two of you will go, yeah, yeah, okay, I got, I got that. That makes sense. And, and so hopefully that's where we go. Hopefully your notes will do that. If nothing else, just stare at the cool graphic at the top that Jen made, and you'll be, fi- you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. So let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, whoo, Lord, this is... Um, I don't know, Lord. For me, this is one of these topics where there is a very fine line between what is, I feel like, trying to be said and what potentially could be interpreted. And so, Lord, I pray that, um, that I would get out of the way and let you do what you do. And so, Lord, I speak your, <clears throat> your wisdom, your wisdom over these people, your, your discernment, your revelation, Lord, over them. Uh, Father, I, I, I just pray that, that they would walk out of here having heard from You. Um, I, I am reminded, Lord, in, in Scripture where Paul says that it's, it's not the wisdom of men that ultimately gets the job done. It is Your wisdom. And that is why most of the world sees it as foolishness. So Lord, I pray that this would be wisdom not from me, um, but that you, by the power of your Spirit, would speak truth to each person, and they would receive from this what they need to receive from you. <clears throat> In your name I pray, and everybody said amen. Um, just, just quickly, jumped into my mind real quick, if you would, please. Um, many of you know... Um, maybe not all of you for sure. Um, our oldest child, my, our son, Andrew, lives in China. And he lives in Shanghai. He's, a English, he's an English teacher in China. And um, if any of you have followed any of the news lately, you know that uh, China is getting a little dicey again. Um, and Shanghai specifically, they, they are, the Chinese government is absolutely cracking down on Shanghai. And it's 26 million people or whatever it is. Um, the, the word out is that Shanghai is the Florida of China. And so where we are kind of applauded for all that we're doing with the no masks and let's get back to work and let's do this, um, that kind of stuff in China is frowned upon. Um, and so uh, <clears throat> they have a zero tolerance policy, which doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a real doctor. I only play one on TV. Um, but people get sick. That's what we do. And, uh, but they have a zero tolerance policy for 26 million people. So you get like 300 cases of whatever and they shut everything down. So my son is locked in, I mean not locked in literally, but, um, but they are taping doors. He said in his apartment building they are bringing big metal filing cabinets and placing them in front of people's doors so they can't get out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so would you just keep him in prayer? Um, his spirits seem to be okay. He seems, I was just talking with him this morning, chatting with him a bit, and he says he's doing okay. Um, but he definitely is, uh, <clears throat> you know, just ready for all of this to be done. And so if you would pray for him, his name is Andrew, and uh, he is, he is, he's over there having a great time, and he loves being over there and is loving teaching English, but it is, it is definitely getting dicey in the city of Shanghai, and he is in the thick of it. Um, 
holed up in his apartment with his dog that he doesn't like. So, the dog likes him, but... <clears throat> I, am in a, I am in a transition in my life that I am not... I am not necessarily enjoying. Uh, I am 52 years old, and all of my children have left. And I know a lot of people, and nothing on you at all, you're great and you're awesome, but you're like, open the door and get those kids out. Um, <clears throat> I am not like that. Um, I super enjoy my kids. And um, again, I would like them to leave. That's great. But they don't have to go all the way to China to leave. That's a little far. And uh, then my only daughter decides to get married, which is great, which is great. He's a great guy. Just replace dad with this other guy, I don't, whatever, um, and move all the way to Pennsylvania. And, and uh, you know, and it's okay. And, and my two younger boys have both moved out. And so I, and, and any of you who know my wife, she's doing five million things running the city of Brooksville and Hernando County and all that kind of stuff. So I find myself sitting at home alone with my dog that I love, tapping my fingers, eating dinner alone. God, it's just, I take pictures of it and send it to all my children. And here's my friends eating with me tonight, kids, all alone. Here's the dog sitting next to me. I'm at a transitional point in my life, and... What the Lord has very nicely been laying in my heart and talking to me about is this. Not that my doing was wrong necessarily, but my doing got away, got way, got way ahead of my being. So that when my doing ceased or stopped or changed, I had kind of lost track of who I was. Because who I was was what I did, but that's not how it works. So, if you find yourself this morning feeling like you're spinning your tires and lost a little bit, grinding, just keeping that thing going, and then I want to encourage you to potentially lock into this message today because when we can reverse that, and get our being, who we are, back in place, then the doing takes care of itself. But when those get flipped, and all of a sudden the doing changes, you're probably like me, sitting at home tapping. Now you might not be like me, I'm a two on the Enneagram, I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, I'm a two. Twos are, they love to be needed, and, and they're helpers, and, and you know, that's where they, and, and so when I'm sitting at home alone, tapping my fingers, because now my kids are gone, and my wife's running the world, for the last few months, next number of months, I have definitely been feeling a bit lost. And I don't mean lost like, I'm okay, it's all good. Like lost like, what in the world is going on? I, I don't like this. I, I don't, Lord, what is the deal? And, and probably about four or five months ago, he led me to a verse, and it's going to be the text of today's sermon. And 
it just, man, it just jumped off the pages and he said, this is what I'm talking about right here. Your doing has gotten way ahead of your being and then when your doing got pulled out from under you, you're struggling. And you don't have to be struggling, son. Because your being is what is important. So that, and you're, the, the, the heart of the orange there and all that being being squeezed out and there's a drop coming out. The whole point of this, the whole idea of this, is, is that <clears throat> when, when life squeezes you or life changes, what really comes out? Because if you're solid in your being, if you know who you are, then that's what comes out. And, and again, you say, well, Jason, you know, being a dad, that, was like, that wasn't good. No, it was great. It was fantastic. But that was my doing. That was my doing. That, that's, not, that's not at the core of who I am. That's not who I am. I am a child of the Most High. I am a son of the King. Bought with a tremendous price, the blood of Jesus. That's, that's who I am. And as I allow the Father to reveal His Son in me, as I allow God to teach me truth through the power of His Spirit, the truth that I know sets me free. Not, not this job, not this thing, not this doing. Those things don't free me. What frees me is what is at the core of who I am. So that when these things change, man, I just keep plugging on and saying, alright, well, what's next, Father? Then what do you need me to do next? Where am I supposed to go next? What is this supposed to look like? And that doesn't mean that it's going to get answered right in that moment. But there's a confidence and a trust. If I was to have a couple of buckets with a sponge in each bucket, and the one bucket had water in it, and one bucket had bleach in it, and one bucket had gas in it, when I would take that sponge, if I was to take that sponge and squeeze it out, we could name off a bunch of things that water does for us. We squeeze that bleach, we could name off a bunch of things that the bleach would... If we squeezed that gasoline, we could name a bunch of things that they could do. But, but, but at the essence, what are they? This is still water, this is still bleach, and this is still gas. They do different things, but just because of whatever they're doing doesn't change what they are. Who are you? Who are you? Do you believe in you? Because I'll tell you who does believe in you. Your father. Because you're his child. He purchased you with a great price. If I say this 500 times today, I might say it 5,000 times. And he purchased you with a great price. The price of the blood of his son. And He's made you heirs with Jesus. These are the things we do, but who are you? Has your doing gotten ahead of your being? I found this quote. I love. I love because my love is not dependent on the object of my love. I love not because it's dependent on the object of love, but, but I love. My love is dependent on the state of my being. 
So whether the other person changes, whether the other person becomes different in some way, a friend becomes a foe, it doesn't matter because my love was never dependent on the other person. My love is the state of my being. Because, and if you've heard me preach ever at all, because, because God is love. And that's my dad. That's my dad. And my dad lives in me. And he is love. He doesn't do love. He didn't come up with love and then start practicing it. He is love. And so there's nothing that you can do more to make him love you more. There's nothing you can do less to make him love you less. He loves you. Period. And you know my double negative, right? That you've heard me say. He can't not, not, he can't not, he can't not love you. I get so many knots in there. I get, he can't not love you. He's not capable because that is his being. And if I'm his child, then that's who I am. If I'm his son, if you're his son or daughter, then that's who you are. And that's just, that's just one example is love. Let's go down through the We can go down through all over the list. When people ask who you are, do you respond by telling them what you've done or what you're doing? I'll, I'll say it again. When people ask you who you are, do you respond by telling them what you've done or, or, or what you're doing? I, I hope not because that doesn't define who you are. In Jesus, and this is where this is all going, in Jesus, we have a secure and stable basis for our worth and our dignity. Our doing does not establish our worth and our dignity. The, the person that you, are, that you are in a relationship with, their, their doing for you does not establish their worth or their dignity. Jesus does. Jesus in me. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but He lives in me. And so my worth and my dignity is not established on that. Well, you know, I must have done something really bad this week because I got a flat tire and God must be punishing me. What? What, what is that? What is that? If that were true, then I would have four flat tires every day of the week. My worth and my dignity are not in what I'm doing. They're in who Jesus is. My worth and my dignity are founded on what God Himself has done for us, for me, and in us, and in me. Having been recreated and incorporated into the glorified life of Jesus. This is the key. Incorporated into, recreated and incorporated into the glorified life of Jesus. God has penetrated to the very roots of my being. So, in our notes, I, I couldn't think of one theme. You know me, usually I have one theme because if you, if you walk away with nothing else, I want you to walk away with a theme, which then is not working because I have like three themes and I winnowed all of my themes down to, the, they pretty much say the same thing, but, but if, you, if you walk away with nothing today, you don't remember anything of all this stuff, whatever we go through, then, then remember the, the theme, Christian action doing should follow Christian being.
What you do should be a product of who you are, your being. Has your doing gotten ahead of your being? I listed these in. They're not going to come up on the screen. These ones, the next set here in your notes. They're not going to come up on the screen. screen. Um, I, I, please, I'm encouraging you this week to go through these. Take, take the week and maybe take one per day or something like that. But I'm going to read through them very quickly. I'm not going to elaborate on them. I'm just going to make a point with these scriptures that are listed here, right here. Read through, says they're in your notes. Again, if you want to try to keep up, fabulous. They're not going to be up here. That would be way too many slides for Danielle to put together. I told her not to do it. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. It doesn't boast, brag, or strut about. There is no arrogance in love. It is never rude, crude, or indecent. It is not self-absorbed, i.e. love does not demand. Love isn't easily upset. Love doesn't tally wrongs or celebrate injustice. Instead, it celebrates the truth. Yes, truth is love's delight. Love puts up with anything and everything that comes along. It trusts, it hopes, it endures no matter what. Love will never become obsolete. Galatians chapter 5, 22-23. The Holy Spirit produces a kind of fruit in us. Unconditional love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jason, don't we do these things? But this is the point. The Holy Spirit is producing it in us. So when we get squeezed, when we're doing life, these are the things that come out. This is our being. Ephesians chapter 4, 29-32, Don't let even one rotten word seep out of your mouths. Instead, offer only fresh words that build others up when they need it most. That way your good words will communicate grace to those who hear them. It's time to stop bringing grief to God's Holy Spirit. You've been sealed with the Spirit, marked as His own for the day of rescue. Banish bitterness, rage, anger, shouting, slander, any other malicious thoughts. These are poison. Instead, be kind and compassionate, graciously forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you through the anointed, liberated King Jesus. Jesus in us. Philippians chapter 2, 1-4. through If you find any comfort from being in the anointed, if His love brings you some encouragement, if you experience true companionship with the Spirit, if His tenderness and mercy fill your heart, that is my being, then brothers and sisters, here is one thing that would make me completely joyful. Come together as one in mind and spirit and purpose, sharing in the same love. Do not let selfishness and prideful agendas take over. Embrace true humility. Lift up your heads to extend love to others. Get beyond yourselves in protecting your own interests. Be sincere and secure your neighbor's interests first. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Since you are all set apart by God and made holy and dearly loved, then clothe yourselves with a holy way of life compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put up with one another, forgive one another. 
pardon any offense against one another as the Lord has pardoned you because you should act in kind. But above all these things, put on love. Love is the perfect tie to bind these things together and let your hearts fall under the rule. Again, that's in me. It's in the core of who I am. Let your heart fall under the rule of the anointed's peace. The peace you have called to as one body and be thankful. Let the word of the anointed richly inhabit your lives with all wisdom. Teach, counsel, instruct one another. Sing psalms, hymns, songs of inspiration by the Spirit. Keep on singing. Sing to God from hearts full, of, full and spilling over. Sing from hearts in me, my being. Sing, sing from do to full and spilling over. I take the sponge and I squeeze it. What, what is coming out? If it's water, it's going to always be water. If it's bleach, it's going to always be bleach. If it's gas, it's going to always be gas. This, this idea of this, it's in my heart, and so therefore it spills over. This is your doing. But it comes out of who you are. Surely no matter what you are doing, speaking, writing, or working, do it all in the name of Jesus. Our Master sending thanks through Him to God the Father. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Finally, all of you be like-minded and show th- sympathy, love, compassion, and humility to and for each other. Not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead repaying the bad with a blessing. It was, it was this. It was this for which you were called. It was for this that your being happens. To do your being, you've been called. It's, it's at the core of who you are to do so that you might inherit a blessing. I am a teacher and a dad. I am a teacher and a dad. I don't want this, this to throw anybody, but please, please try to, try to grab a hold of what I'm saying. Those are not my calling. To be a teacher and a dad. Those are not my calling. My calling was to salvation. My calling was to be brought in. God called to me and brought me into his family. He, 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 he put into me who he is so that then coupled with my gifts, I would go and do teaching and go and do being a dad. My calling is God's grace calling me into His family and revealing His Son in me. So my calling, my being then, then is what comes out. What, 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 so, Jason, are you saying you know, now that you're not a dad anymore like you used to be, your kids don't need you as much? You know, was that wrong? No, I'm not saying it was wrong at all. But what was happening is when, when I was so wrapped up in that doing that when that doing changed or ceased, I, I don't know what to do. And God's saying, but that's not, that's not who you are, son. You're my son. I have filled you with power. I have filled you with grace. I have filled you with mercy. I have filled you with love. And I'm going to show you to what to do. But that's who you are. So when the doing gets ahead of the being, then we get in big trouble. We sit at home, we tap on our desk, alone. I made a really good meal for myself the other night. It was awesome. Baked potatoes, some ham, got some peas warmed up, and I ate alone. Alone, everyone. 
No, the, sorry, the dog was there staring at me. And I don't want to find myself frustrated or off my track because things have changed. I, I want to be resting in Christ, knowing that He's going to take me, God's going to take me to the next whatever He needs me to do. And then my giftings and whatever then will, will come out in that situation to what He's called me to. The text is going to come up on the screen. You have some blanks? Yep. You do down at the bottom. Now, I know usually that my specific blanks like for every word, so don't let that throw you. Just stick with me. Don't, don't, don't throw your pencil down in disgust. Then tune me out because I because I didn't put enough blanks in the one spots order, okay? You can do this. I believe in you. But this is the verse, two verses that God showed me four or five months ago. And I read it again and again and again, and he just kept saying to me, son, this is what I'm trying to talk to you about. You, 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 did, you, did, you did good. You did good in your doing. Thank you. But that's changed, but I haven't changed. I haven't changed. I've called you, and I'm going to show you the next thing to do. So, so don't get discouraged. Don't, don't get whatever. Stick with me. So here's what it is. You're looking up here. I can look back here. It's amazing. Technology is incredible. All right. So the first blank there. Has everybody got their pen or their pencil ready? I know it's one big blank, but it's going to be three words. So don't, don't, don't. Don't let me lose you. But when God. That goes in your first blank. But when God. We cannot put the cart before the horse. Everything rises and falls with God. He's in charge. He's sovereign. All hail King Jesus, except sometimes we don't want Him to be king. Because uh, if you're anything like me, you struggle to release control. I, I'm, I, hello, my name is Jason, and I am a control freak. And God keeps saying, yeah, but when I, Jason, but when I, you better get ready, because here we go. Because you're my son, and I bought you with a great price, and I have great things for you. But I'm filling you. I'm revealing into you something incredible and great. And then coupled with your giftings and all the other, then you're going to go. But when God, who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born, and called me. See, here's where I didn't want people to get lost. Like, no, 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 I, I thought my calling was to do this. I thought my calling was to do that. But this verse says that the calling is God calling us. Called me through His grace. Called me through His grace. Again, it's Him. Everything rises and falls on Him. We don't save ourselves. We don't do, 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 do to try to get in better with Him. That's called legalism and pharisaical thinking. 
called by His grace. I, I go with my students, I go like this with my students, just in case this just this helps you. What is grace, students? What is grace? And, and hopefully, every one of my students, even the two or three that sleep in my class, could be able to say, here's what grace is, Mr. Kaler. Grace is you getting something good that you don't deserve. That's what grace is. And so by His grace, He called me. It's not anything I've done. It's not about my doing. It's about Him. And He fills me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's how I'm doing this. That's how much He loves me. And was pleased to, and here's the key, and I know this is a lot, so just, you ready? Was pleased to reveal His Son in me. Now, I, I don't want this to throw anybody. I don't want you to be like, oh, well, what does that mean that He, re Jason, what I don't understand. What does it mean that God reveals His Son? Here, here, here's what it means in a nutshell. And I know I've said this in the past and got myself into big trouble here at the church because then I, somebody accused me of wanting to punch people, which was completely not my point at all, but that person was, that person was of the devil. And No, I'm just kidding. He, just, he was off a little bit, and I had to help him. And I didn't punch him. I, I wanted to. Here's what it means. So please don't, don't, don't lose me in this moment. I'm not going to come and punch any of you, I promise. Here's what it means to me that God reveals His Son in me. Please do not get offended. But I would much rather punch you than love you. Punching's a whole lot easier. All you need to do is turn on the TV, turn on the radio, turn on whatever, and the world is punching each other and scratching eyeballs out and, and, and doing war against each other. I, I mean, it... it it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, you know what, well that must be the easy way. The more difficult way is when we love each other and take care of each other and, and, and tenderly deal with one another and forgive each other. I don't want to forgive you. You're a jerk and you hurt me. Yet my Father, who purchased me with his, the blood of His Son, and I am His Son, and I'm an heir. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. When I want to punch you, I don't. Guess what? That's God revealing His Son in me. Well, I didn't have anything nice to say, so I didn't say anything at all. Okay, well, that's a great first step, but imagine. Imagine if instead of punching and not having anything nice to say, so I just kept my mouth shut, to actually having something nice to say. Imagine that. Imagine what this world would look like if that was our being. Gosh, I've only got eight minutes and I have a lot of points. But I want to say this to you and I want, because this, I think, will prove my point. I know not everybody may know this or you missed it or whatever, but, but, but most of you probably understand what I mean when I say Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face at the Academy Awards. Most, most of you are going to go, yep, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of it or whatever. Okay? So we talked about this in my Bible classes because that was me saying I would much rather punch you. And so we're talking about what would it have looked like if he didn't respond like that because that was an act of violence and violence is wrong. Period. Violence is wrong. 
What would that look like? And so we went through all these different scenarios. And I said at the end, I said, what if, what if Will Smith got up out of his chair like he did, and it was a long runway to get to Chris Rock. What if he walked all the way, to, thinking about it the entire time, I'm going to hit this man. What if he walked up and gave Chris Rock a hug? And a kid in my class goes, why would he do that? And I went, exactly. Exactly. Why? I don't know about Will Smith specifically, but I know for me, if I were to go up and give him a hug, it's because God has revealed Jesus in me. Because I would much rather get up and slap him. Do you, but but that, that, was, that response by that middle schooler was quintessential. Why would he do that? Why would he do an act of love? Why would he do an act of compassion? Why would he do an act of forgiveness? Because Jesus is alive in him. Because the Father has revealed Jesus inside. And you know what I know? And again, I say this, I don't follow all this stuff, but, but, but Denzel Washington, who is a believer, I mean, he and his wife are went up to Will and said, dude, listen, be very careful because this is where the devil gets you. So I'm asking you, what are you doing? Because your being has to be ahead of your doing. Whether it's literally your job or what you're participating out there, or whether it's driving down the street and that guy cut you off. I have got to stop getting out of my car and talking to people because I'm not talking to them about Jesus. I did it again just the other day. The guy told me he was going to come and beat me up. And I said, no, I don't think you will. That was not, I should have just got, I shouldn't have gotten out of my car. See, that wasn't Jesus. What in the world is my problem? What is wrong with me? Well, what's wrong with me is that there are moments where I forget who I am and I let my doing usurp my being. I'll just admit to you right now, I've got five and a half minutes to go through these five points, and it's not going to take me long. There is a really weird adrenaline rush in me when I get out of my car in a traffic situation. It's not a good adrenaline rush. And Jesus is sitting with me right there next to me going, you know who you are, you don't have to get out of the car. Shh, shh, shh. This guy needs to be spoken to. No, he does not. No, he does not. And, and you know what? Jesus is right every time. Every single time Jesus is right. My being, ladies and gentlemen, that should be ahead of my doing. So, on the back of our notes, you're going to turn over and go, you've got four minutes. I can do it. I can do it. Up to the very top. How to get your being back ahead of your doing. How to get your being back ahead of your doing. And listen, I don't know what you're doing. Don't, 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 don't be specifically thinking in my doing. Well, Jason was a dad in this way with little kids. Now his kids are all gone. I, that's an example. Your doing may be that you can't forgive yourself. You beat yourself up all the time because the enemy whispers crud. I almost said a naughty word and Hal will never let me preach again. 
The enemy whispers crud in your ear and brings up old stuff and you forget who you are and you lean into his junk. That's your doing. How to get your being back ahead of your doing. Now, what you're going to laugh at, I hope, you're chuckling inside as you're looking down at these five and you're going, yeah, but, <laughs> but this is all doing. I know. I know it's doing, but it's getting to the core of who you are. Number one, scripture and song. I try to have everything be P's because then it's easier to remember all five if they're all peeing. No, that didn't sound good. S- strike that from the thing as well. Wow. Hal's going to watch this and be like, I'm never letting him speak again. That's ridiculous. Scripture and song. Scripture and song. Psalm 119, 105 talks about Scripture being the light of our path. So the Scripture that is in me, the Scripture that's in me, the Scripture that I'm reading, what God is revealing into me through His Word, then, then, then I'm doing, then I'm walking along this path. But if I'm just walking along the path doing, it gets all mixed up. But it's the Scripture in me. It's the songs, the praise and worship songs that I'm listening to that, that, that grab something inside of me and say, this is who you are. This is who you are. So stop. Doing these things that are not of me. Number two, prayer. So I put down a bunch of scriptures there. Matthew 6, 9 through 15 is the Lord's Prayer. What? What What would it hurt you every day? That'll take you literally less than three minutes. That's how you start your day is with the Lord's Prayer. I don't know, have it on your nightstand right next to your phone alarm. And so you put your feet on the floor, you turn your alarm off, and you pick that up. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What? Because then, because God will begin to reveal into you what that prayer is about. Over time, He'll begin to reveal that. Who, who, who it pleased to reveal His. It pleases God to reveal into you who He is, who His Son is, the power of His Spirit. That's who you are. Then those Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, those are prayers that Paul wrote. Look them up and pray them. Well, I don't really know. You know, I, I get into prayer and I pray for about 30 seconds. I don't know what else to say. They'll then use Paul's prayers. Number three. Whew, a minute and 40 seconds. Number three, practice. Practice. Are you cooperating with Father God? Are you participating with Him? Philippians chapter 2 talks about working out our salvation. And we love 12. Philippians 2.12. Work out your salvation. Work it out, work it out, work it out. And we don't ever get to verse 13, which actually says it's actually God working in you to work out that salvation. What? Yeah. Crazy. The creator, sovereign God of the universe works in you. That's your being. And so your doing is a product of that. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 9, speak about the thoughts. Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these. The battle, the battle, the battle is waged in your mind. What you think becomes your words, and what you say becomes your deeds. Think on these things, Paul says, and put them into practice. Think on them, being, and then put them into practice. Doing. Don't get the doing ahead of the being. Number four, your package. Your package. Your relationships are vital. If you are a Debbie Downer, don't surround yourself with a bunch of Debbies. You will not get out of your down. If you're an Eeyore, don't go looking for another Eeyore. 
to, to commiserate with you. Look for Tigger. I'm, I'm being serious. Here's, here's a thought. If you're having struggles and problems with your spouse, and you're, well, then don't go find somebody else who also has struggles with their spouse because you're going to get together and you're going to bash your spouses together. Go find someone who has a wonderful, amazing, great marriage and get in with them. Man, your package. Who's your package? I, I'm teaching my seniors uh, leadership class right now. We, got, we just got done talking about our inner circle. Who is our inner circle? Who, who supports us? Uh, who helps us, who, who encourages us, or who brings us down. And I've actually had a couple kids like, like, like disassociate some of their friends because they're like, wow, Mr. Keller, you're right. This, this, I am impacted by this person, and it's not good. Number five. 44 seconds over. Number five. Number five. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, not that any one of them is not good and awesome and awesome and amazing, but number five, please, please, please understand. So look at these scriptures. Pronounce. What do you pronounce? What do you declare? Do you fight the lies with the truth? The truth that you know sets you free. And so when the enemy is whispering to you, when those other Debbie Downers are downing you, Speak truth. Declare truth. Pronounce the truth. The fruit of our mouth. The power of our tongue. Dave Siskoyas, this is for you. Expectations are planned resentments. Expectations are planned resentments. For those of you that don't know, that's the guy laughing in the back row. That's my good friend Dave. And he doesn't like that saying. He reprimands me every time I say it. expectations are planned resentments. And so if I'm headed down the bad path, I'm headed down not a good path, and I'm allowing the enemy to whisper, and I'm not, I'm not pronouncing these truths, declaring these truths. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, talk about bringing all of our thoughts captive to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because He's in us. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in and through me. In and through me. But Christ, say, say, it, say it silently to yourself or out loud. I am, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in because the Father has revealed him in me. And I'm, he is living in and through me. My being and my doing. Whew, I feel like I'm yelling, blueberry cheesecake. Whew. I yelled that a lot yesterday, by the way. I had to stop because I didn't think I'd be able to speak for the sermon this morning. All right. I've gone two minutes over, so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm done. I'm done. I, um, I, I, can't, I can't say it enough. Who you are is not what you do. Who you are is what is inside of you. It's what God has revealed to you. So get into his word. Spend time in prayer. Did I do prayer or did I skip prayer? Oh, I did prayer. You know, you know that verse, right? Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Whoever wrote that, I don't know what they were thinking, but I can't be still. That is a struggle. That is a struggle. I can be still for about 30 seconds. Even during worship this morning, my mind is in a thousand different places. I'm like, Lord, please help me to sing the songs. Please help me. 
There's a passion in our Father. There's a deep passion, a, a pleasure that it brings Him to reveal His Son in us. So that what we then are doing, whether it is a literal thing like being a dad or a firefighter, Dan, or something like that, whatever, or if it's trying not to get out of your car at a traffic stop because you probably should just stay in the car and maybe lock your doors. My doing. I, I should not be defined my, by, by my doing. I should be defined by, by who I am. By my being. Heavenly Father, I, 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 I pray over these these people. Um, Lord, I, I, I know for the last 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes or so, I know I've made sense to myself, but I've been going over this with you for the last five or six months, so I know what I'm trying to say. I know, Lord, I just pray that something, I pray that something has hit for each person here. Something has grabbed a hold of them at the core of who they are. Lord, Lord I pray that they would take these notes, not because I wrote up a bunch of good notes, but they would take these notes and, and they would go back over them. All the scriptures that we didn't necessarily read through specifically. Father, I pray that there would be a, a desire in their heart this week to take maybe each day just one of them and just, and just read over it and just allow you in that quiet time of not doing, just allow you to speak into them. Because it pleases you. That's what Paul said. It pleased the Father to reveal his Son. So that then... Paul could go out and do things so that. Lord, I pray that you would help us to keep our being ahead of our doing. And Lord, for some, the, the doing has been doing for a very long time, and it will, be, it will be a fight. It will be a struggle. We, when we land ourselves in habits, Heavenly Father, and, and, and different things like that, and the enemy has that hold on us, he does not give that up lightly. So I speak victory over them. I speak truth over them. The truth that they know will set them free. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you did, there's two things you could do for me. First, subscribe to our channel. That way the most recent podcast will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, would you help us to continue to reach others? by clicking on the link in the description to give now. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to The Empowered Word.